You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Zach, are we still talking about football? Those days are over, man. This is basketball season now. We're going. Oh, it's we're baseball gonna, signing season too. <laughs> we're going dancing, and we just signed the number one baseball class, y'all. Who get who? Who Woo! cares about football? <laughs> How do you feel about that, Max? No, it's they 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 uncanceled football season now because you know there's stuff to there's stuff to think about. Like you know they almost beat Alabama. Now they got a quarterback thing going on. Uh, it's you know football's a. Uh, Football is at least there are reasons to to get up in the morning. Okay, yeah, you know what? We'll even start with football. We'll just get it out of the way. And uh, moral victory against Alabama. Raise the flag. <laughs> That's right. Cover twenty nine point five favorite against Alabama. Raise that banner up top. <laughs> um, it, it's weird because on the one hand, I do think it was a good game, and it showed that the the players are still engaged and they're still trying and they, they really wanted this. And I thought that was really good. That was max effort. And I was really proud of the players. And remember, this is still a half masked LSU team. I mean, they, they're missing everybody. So that was an incredible effort. That said, this game was for the taking. And I kind of, at the end of it, walked away disappointed. LSU should have won. Yeah. It's, it's almost, it's like the Tuscaloosa version of that 2014 game where that yeah, LSU yeah. team had absolutely no reason to almost beat Alabama and, you know, had Kendall Beckwith scoop and scored instead of falling out of the ball and not for some bogus penalty on Vidal Alexander. You know, the worst Les Miles team of his era beats Nick Saban at home, and we could have seen that again Saturday night. I, I saw none of the game, though, so I, I've got little to no substance on what this whatsoever. Oh man, wait! You haven't watched the game? I've seen nothing. Oh my god! Wait till you did you read my thing though? I read your thing. I saw something. Okay, so so you're not going to be totally surprised by what you see, but like, I mean, what are you doing waiting until you're all fired to bring out a new defense? That's like, like it wasn't just a couple wrinkles; it was an entirely new defense where they did all this great stuff. You know, they obviously brought a ton of pressure. They were diverse up front. They were slanting into different fronts and disguising what they were doing. Uh, they played softer on the back end, um, at, at least in base. When they were in, you know, cover zero, they they were still pretty soft, but they were also still decently vulnerable deep. And that kind of gets into something I want to talk about later, which is how much of an idiot Bill O'Brien is. Um, well, and like, also, this sort of begs the question: It's now where was is this it? something? Yeah, like where was this? Is this because it ta- it took that long to install a defense, or is I mean, it because what, did you, hey, what was the off season for? That's that's longer than two weeks. Or do you think this was Orgeron meddling with his coaches, saying, "Hey, this is how I want to run things," and now that it, we're at the end, 
he's like, hey, do whatever you want. And it has to be. It has to be, right? Like, that's the only explanation I can think of. Um, because, like, you know, it was an entirely new system, an entirely new way of doing things. It was coherent. It was sequenced. It was really well-schemed. Um, they did – obviously, Alabama's had a lot of trouble getting in the right protections all year. Uh, they've been really, really bad at it. But, like, they just exposed it in a way that nobody else really has. Of course, Georgia – uh, is probably going to expose that even more. But, like, I mean, it was a very, very well-called game, especially given the weaknesses they had um, by Durante Jones. And, like, you finally see Damone Clark being used in the right way. Like, he's not really having to worry about covering people down the field. Uh, he's just inserting really hard into gaps and making plays, like Devin White used to with Dave Aranda. And, like, man, it's like, was that really – a possibility the whole time because we could really be looking at like a a less miles type team where the offense sucks but you go nine and three anyway because the, um, the defense is so good yeah and also it's like to look at it from Durante Jones's point of view was this his audition to keep the defensive coordinator job I mean I he think it's going to be impossible it's going to be impossible to do that as uh, dep- well depending on who you hire I think like if you hire Jimbo Fisher uh, I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't even want that but like at this point it might might be too late. <sighs> Oh, I just got to go uh, back to the hospital. God, I want to go back to the hospital. I, I, oh my God. If we hire, if we hire Jimbo Fisher, I, I this, this has to be Sexton leaking it, right? This is just, it's at Jimbo least partially. Jimbo. It's at least partially. He's definitely like, I don't understand why he would like looking at the recruiting class that he has, looking at the money that he has. I don't understand why he would leave. I understand why he would leverage them for an extra $3 million, but, like, I don't understand why he would leave. Yeah, and it's also, actually, like, yeah, it's A&M. Like, you can, uh, you can keep him happy just by winning 10 games. Right. This actually uh, segues perfectly into something I wanted to read to you guys. Okay, um, hit us. This is going to be on the website, and this actually – this story will post before you hear the podcast. But uh, this is by Eric Saltzman, who's been doing some list of – Coaching candidates at all sorts of level, NFL, group of five, power five, wherever. Uh, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and Eric is by no means saying he's going to get this job. But from Eric, quote, and this is about Pac-12 coaches specifically to give you guys a little hint. Oh, quote, no. beyond Cristobal, the list of legitimate Pac-12 candidates is quite thin. Maybe you could have said Nick Rolovich at one point, but I don't think else will give him a shot. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think he, Elshie will give him a shot either. <laughs> you don't think they would, that he would you, take it. You don't think we'd give him <laughs> a shot? Are, are you sure? Are, are you sure about that? Like, is he available? Would he take the job? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's not a big fan of, uh, you know, receiving shots. Ooh. Bing. Oh my God. That would be. That would be an amazing hire. Like just for well, I don't think I'd even be upset. That'd be that'd just be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like Jimbo would upset me. That would actually just kind of make me laugh. <laughs> I'm with you. Oh God, was that the end of it? Uh, no, that was that was midway through. But it, it's, oh no, it's, it's is it going to get worse? Uh, could it possibly got, get worse than that? <laughs> I mean, he, he listed like David Shaw. He listed listed. Oh Graham no! Harrell. Oh no! David Shaw. I mean, like, no, he's just being thorough. Like, I, I've been reading those. Like, he's just listing all the names. He's being thorough. 
but yeah, oh people, no, David Shaw. People, people like in, people in our comments are responding to these as though Nick has a Scott Woodward's ear. It's like no, he, he's he's just like Max said, he's just putting all these seeing what yeah. sticks. Well, what's weird about that? You would think if you're a Pac-12 coach, you'd be leaking yourself for the USC job. Well, I mean, I, if I were David Shaw, I'd be leaking myself to, you know, not get fired. <laughs> Sources close to David Shaw say David Shaw's a great guy. <laughs> say Source, you know, sources close to uh, sources close to the Stanford program say that uh, David Shaw bought them and bought them a new Lambo the other day. David Shaw would sign an extension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, just. Uh, just kill me. Um, I, look, I actually enjoy baseless coaching rumors. It's really one of the fun parts of being a college football fan. Um, I think it was today on Twitter someone pointed out that uh, people were tracking a, a plane uh, from Norman, Oklahoma to Baton Rouge and saying Lincoln Riley was on it when Riley was literally at practice at that exact moment, meaning he can now be in two places at once and he's a superhero. <laughs> We have to hire him. <laughs> well, there was a plane that was apparently in State College over the weekend or something. So, oh, God, yeah. Of course, there was a plane that went to State College. I I guarantee Franklin was not on that plane. But uh, God, I love flight aware season. It's the best. Like this is goofy shit is what makes college football college football. And if you don't enjoy just fans going insane about coaching rumors. I don't know what to tell you. Like, and honestly, it's the best thing about this year is just weird coaching rumors. Cause instead we have to sit around and be like, why wasn't Durante Jones doing this all season? Yeah. I mean like the, the funniest, the funniest flight aware, I think peak flight aware hysteria was when John Gruden was working for ESPN and everybody's like, there were always, you know, these annual groomers. And um, people were just trying to figure out where in, like, the Northeast John Gruden is coming from. So it's, like, flight out of Logan to, like, Tennessee. People are like, oh, John Gruden's on that flight. I'm like, oh, man, a lot of people fly out of Logan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just uh, – it's, it's – yeah, so it's the most wonderful time of year. And, look, Woodward – I, I don't. I don't want us to do another, you know, coaching who's going to get hired kind of thing. Because honestly, we have no idea. Woodward has always, with the other jobs he has hired, has been very good about keeping stuff fairly close to the vest. And I think candidates that got leaked wasn't always someone he was interested in. It, kind of the leaking came from someone else. The, the only one I'm kind of concerned about is um, Case when he, Pat Casey was attached to the LSU baseball job. But that might have just been a trial balloon to see how the LSU fan base would react, and we did not react well. Um, Jimbo could be the same thing that he's just seeing the trial balloon, and I think the fan base is kind of 50-50 on it. There's definitely a huge pro-Jimbo contingent. It's just not on this podcast. Well, I mean, like, y yes, but I've sort of warmed to it in that I wouldn't have, like, a total fit because of how he's recruiting. Yeah, he can recruit. Which is ridiculous. That class that he's got bringing in is is going to be insane. Um, but like the guy, the guy kind of hasn't had an elite offense since like 2013, uh, which is a long time ago. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's kind of my thing. It's like, dude, 
he used to be LSU's offense coordinator and Nick Saban. And I understand connection to Saban makes people, I mean, that is the young person equivalent of the connection to the bear. I get it. Like, Oh my God, he wants mowed Nick Saban's yard. He must be great. You know, old people did the same thing with bear Bryant. So we've been down this path before. That's how we got Curly Hallman. Um, but it's not like his coaching tree is terrible. Nick Saban, I mean, he's a great coach. He's had a lot of great people work for him. But from an LSU standpoint, it's like, do people not remember that we didn't like Jimbo Fisher when he was our offensive coordinator? Like, the offense was not what sold tickets then. The Nick Saban LSU teams were built on defense. And, you know, how did Will Nushamp's career turn out? <laughs> Not great, Bob. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so what you're saying is we need to hire Will Muschamp. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. We need to hire Will Muschamp. That's my <laughs> throwing that out there right now. Let's let's hire him now. And... I mean, come on, like the world's come so soft. We need people punching uh punching whiteboards all the time. That's we kind of do. I I do like a uh, crazy. We need a new strength coordinator. Not because I have any problem with the strength coach, and I, I know that was a story, you know, a week or two ago, but just because Moffitt has not been involved in anything just crazy, stupid, like most strength coaches do. Like, he's not punching whiteboards or headbutting people without a helmet. And that's what I right. want out of my strength coach. Yeah, so, so get a. Make him the. Uh, okay, the live correction here. Live correction here. Excuse me, sir. Uh, you seem to have forgotten multiple times during the 2019 season where Tommy Moffat would take a steel chair and bang it off of damn near anything he could find in the locker room, both pregame and halftime, at multiple points during the season. Let's let's yes, let's give let's give Tommy Moffat credit for destroying some inanimate objects. Thank yeah, you. but the difference there is that he he hit the chair onto other inanimate objects. Yeah, if he's right. not doing the damage to himself or another person. Doesn't count. Uh, uh, right. Sure, that we saw. Come on, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> Fair. My apologies to Tommy Moffat. You're right. He. <laughs> yeah, if Tommy Moffat wants to come on the show, he and might have been doing a wrestling move in the background, just taking people to the folding chair and just <laughs> knocking them in the back because. Yeah, that is a strength coach's job, to be insane. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. And it's the defensive coordinator's job to uh, actually call a really coherent defense, which apparently Durante Jones was capable of doing the whole time. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, Jake Peets is the same. It's the he, same. Like, it's so, like, they just spread you out, and they try to, you know, run quick concepts and say, all right, true freshman, because they're basically starting three true freshmen at receiver right now. Yeah. You know, go beat this Alabama defensive back in a one-on-one situation because they're going to play cover one and cover three like the whole game. Um, and not, you know, not the zone match country cover three. Like they're playing, you know, their rib Liz stuff. Like they're going to be, they're going to be up on you. Uh, and you're really going to have to manufacture releases, take shots over the top. Uh, and they just, they didn't, they just, yeah. you know, kind of open wanna, you up. And I don't want to pin the loss on one player. Because uh, it, it isn't one player's fault, but man, Max Johnson had a terrible game. Yeah, he was rough, but I feel like, I mean. But you're right. You, there's this, so this, few places to go with the ball. That's what I was about to say. Offense. You're right. When, when, he, when there are, though, he's, he's not. He's not. All he had was throw. true freshman to throw to. He does have an excuse for looking that bad. But man, he had two chances late in that game with open receivers and just flat missed them. Yeah, I mean, my take on Max Johnson the whole time has basically been that, like, 
he's, you know, a decently competent player, but at the same time, like, he's sort of quarterback chameleon. Like, he's going to look like what it looks like around him, uh, whether that's schematic, whether that's supporting cast, and they're all pretty bad right now. Like, they got a lot of talent at receiver, but they don't really have good players yet. Like, yeah, they're not also, developed like, yet. Losing Kayshawn. That was I, – they I, win I, this game if he's playing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, if – I mean, he still leads the SEC in touchdown catches. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's that's gonna, insane. He's going to get at least one. And, uh, um, but I do think it's interesting. Like, as much as Durante Jones's reputation went up this week with the Alabama game, that's how much Jake Peets' reputation went down this week. Because after the game, we had the blowout with uh, Nussmeyer's family. God. And I don't even know what to say about that. Like, now, why, are that- you, why are you telling us this, Ed? That may be blown out of proportion. <laughs> That's Zach hits it right there. Like, not only is it bad, why are you telling us this? <laughs> Just don't tell us. That may we wouldn't be have found out. Bit... Oh, well, I mean, Ed Orgeron's, like, Brody Miller talked about this on their podcast for, like, 45 minutes. Uh, but that may be blown out of proportion uh, in that, like, they Jake Peets has sort of been talking to, like, people's families, like, the whole time. Uh and I feel like it may be a situation where Garrett Nussmeyer and Doug Nussmeyer were like, look, don't worry about his red shirt. We're fine with burning the red shirt. You know, play him if you feel like playing him. Um, and Ed Orgeron, you know, sort of heard about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, they talked to him and now we're going to play him. Uh, okay. And he's kind of got a history of this. Like, remember a couple of years ago or last year when he's like, oh, yeah, you know, our entire team got COVID already. So it's cool. Yeah, just <laughs> like it's like, you know, Nick Rolovich, are you listening? Man. Yeah, yeah. Nick Rolovich is gonna love it here. Oh God, he, yeah. The foot and mouth, like, just so many unforced errors from. And but again, when it's the end, it's kind of lovable. Like it, this would infuriate me if Ed Orgeron was still the head coach and there was a chance he would come back next year. But knowing that he's fired and it's just kind of the end of the year, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's just kind of like watching a cartoon character, you know, running the more brick walls. It's going to be like Wiley e. Coyote. He's going to throw a little black dot and run through the wall one day. Yeah, this I mean, is a serious question. How does how does the red shirt rule works? Because didn't Brennan take a red shirt like in his sophomore year? So couldn't Nuss in theory take it later? I mean, I don't think he will, but no, he's Nuss... going to try. If he's not really like legitimately competing for the starting job next year, then like there's nothing to redshirt him for. And also with quarterbacks, you don't want to redshirt him later because they'll just transfer. You can't redshirt a sophomore anymore. That's it's just... not. It's not like when you know you say, "Oh, change of plans." Joe Burrow's available. Like, I mean, I guess if Walker Howard goes and wins the job, then you know you could that could be an option. But at the same time, Walker Howard's like a year behind him. Like he would just transfer. Yeah, that's the whole thing. There, there's no one that would force Nussmeier. If if Nussmeier burns his red doesn't burn his red shirt. Well, the, doesn't burn his red shirt year this year you know, and becomes a sophomore and then they, <laughs> they burn it and then they, they apply the red shirt next year. Yeah. He's transferring. That's just, there's that. There's no way to manage a roster like that in the quarterback room. Quarterbacks, right. you're either going to play them or you're going to lose them. That's just the nature of the beast these days. Yeah. And I mean, he's certainly, I think he's too talented not to play. Um, so I think that's totally fair. And like, um, I just, I don't love here here's the thing. There are two potential outcomes. One, 
he goes out and he really struggles. I don't think he's going to play, you know, enough. I mean, there's only three games left. I don't think he's going to have enough damage if he plays poorly to really ruin him. Like, Brandon Harris wasn't ruined by the Auburn game, necessarily. He was God ruined was. by the whole year in that system. Nah, the, the Auburn, Auburn game. game. The Auburn game was, was just— traumatic. It was, uh, right, it I, was I, traumatic. It was traumatic. Like, it was not the season. It was the Auburn game. And But honestly, I, the game that would have been traumatic here was the Alabama game. No, I, no, it's Texas A&M. Texas A&M's defense is way better. It's also Yeah, but it, there's a difference with that. It's like— the reason the Auburn game was traumatic for Brandon Harris was not because Auburn had a really good defense, which they did. It was he was a freshman playing his first start on the road against that's, a defense that's that good. That's true. That's and, true. And there was just you just stack the deck against him um, to an amazing degree. If he plays A and M, yeah, even if Nussmeier doesn't have a great game, it will be his fourth or fifth game. He will have seen things. If he has a bad game, he can be like, ah, oh, well, you know, A and M is a really good team, and he has seen this stuff before. But playing in Tuscaloosa is kind of Alabama, still Alabama. That's the the team that can be traumatic to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but like the thing is, I don't think it was necessary. Like maybe, maybe. I mean, you'd have to ask. You'd really have to ask him. But like, I think the whole year of starting in a system where, like, or well, I mean, the whole next year at least, as you know, your first year as the real starter starting in as bad of a system as it was and basically throwing the ball exclusively in like third and eight against SEC defenses that are going to disguise, that are going to bring pressure, that are going to simulate pressure, and that are going to really make you think in those situations. Like the fact that he was basically had to, you know, negotiate all that stuff way before he was ready, I think it really destroyed him. Uh, I think like we saw this – there's a reason we saw this this downward spiral from him as the season went on. Yeah, like, no. Even I, I, earlier in that season, he looked better against even okay defenses. Like no, Florida. I totally agree. Like, and that's kind of my thing. It's like the Auburn game was just this traumatic moment, and everything after that is just the fallout. Yeah, yeah it I didn't get better. but like symbol that more was than the, anything else, though. That was the wound. Yeah, it didn't get better. <laughs> like, it, it got worse from there, but you needed that trauma. And I think if you play AM, the other thing about AM is that their offense isn't terribly good. So No, it's not good at all. So and if you, I think if you go out and Durante Jones is allowed to do his thing for the rest of the year, they could really keep that score down. Yeah. But like the problem is at that point, like if Garrett Nussmeyer is starting, uh, turnovers are going to be a real problem. Um, and I suspect he will turn the ball over multiple times against a, a defense as deceptive and fluid as Texas AM. Yeah, I honestly don't know what you do because. Like I have no, I have no confidence in Max Johnson. I, I, I don't dislike him. I, I think he is what he is. I think he's, you know, to use all the things. He's a gym rat. He's a coach. You know, he's really coachable. Not, he's a game manager, and I, I think he's kind of maxed out his talent. This is as good as he is. Which, if the pieces were around him, you could have a ten win team with him. He just can't be your best player. And, right. Yeah. He's yeah. And right now he's being forced to be the best player, and that's. So it might be time to move on just because if he's the starter next year, we have serious problems. Yeah, he he absolutely should not be the starter next year. Um, but I will say about Nussmeier is that, like, if you – I'm just afraid – well, I'm afraid of, of blowing a chance to actually potentially beat Texas A&M by having a – like, your best chance may be to just keep this in that game, to keep the score low and to not turn it over. Um, but like, 
On the other hand, let's say Garrett Nussmeyer comes out and he plays really well. Then you have another question, which is why didn't he not start six weeks ago? And look, maybe he wasn't ready, but at the same time, like if he is so much better, he should have started before. Nah, I mean, you're playing for next year now, and I understand kind of just coaches are conservative. Um, This year doesn't matter anymore. I I mean, I hate to say it like that, but it is what it is. Um, And now you're saying, okay, what's the best for the team in 2022? And I think at this point it's Nussmeyer. So you might as well play him, see what you got. But speaking of things that are awesome for 2021, basketball season. I just perked up. I know, that was for Zach. Is it time? Did you see that? It's time. You got got your dancing shoes poser? Oh my God. uh, Because we're going dancing to both the men and the women's tournament. Five guys kicked out of the game and they still score 100 (laughs) points. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, for those that didn't watch and people just see, oh, five guys got ejected. It wasn't like Malice in the Palace, Ron Artest stuff. It was uh, Bradley. I can't can't say the last name properly. as a Wero, I believe is how you say it. Kind of like, so he, he does this dunk with like 20 seconds left. The game's over. It's a 60 point game. Yeah. He dunks on somebody. And like he, for usually when you're hanging on the rim, when someone's above you, you wait for them to get out the way and you land. Well, yeah. for some reason, our guy, the LSU guy, like puts the ULM guy in a scissor hold with his legs. And the <laughs> ULM guy rightly says, get the fuck off of me and bucks him off of his shoulders, which made LSU. And it was good to see that LSU, that his teammates ran to his aid like that, but that, that's why they got ejected. They were coming to his aid. It was a, it was a scary fog because he landed on his head, but it wasn't some kind of like fist flying, people fighting each other. Bullies are back on the block in Baton Rouge, but 101 to 39. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, and also it's nice to, I uh, nice to see a little bit of attitude. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but you're just kind of – yeah, it's ULM. So, let, you know, we're, we're, we'll pull back the brakes. Yes. But LSU is really leaning into the General Wade thing right now. I mean, we are taking – everyone hates us. Cool. We're the villains. Let's run with it. And yeah. there are few things more fun than rooting for a villain. And they can back it up too. At least, I mean, through through a game, they can back it up. And through the past three seasons, no one's more won more SEC games than LSU. And people – Hate that, and we're still here. Um, I, I think there is a a group of six this year. It's LSU, it's Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, Arkansas. Uh, hell, I forgot my sixth part, but I, I'll I'll probably come back to them. I think it's one of the West schools. Oh, Auburn, Auburn, because yeah. uh, you forget about Auburn because last year they weren't postseason eligible due to NCAA benefits or uh, NCAA infractions never cooperate guys let them try and get you they can't do it yeah. that's what lsu's done that's why lsu's still here listen to the circle um, jerks deny everything yeah but there's going to be some kind of like six-way battle and remember only four teams get that double buy in uh at, i believe it's in tampa this year or maybe st louis but it's not in nashville this year for one of the random years um it's going to be a fight it's gonna be really interesting to see who's on the outside looking in but i do think you're looking at Six, definitely, maybe seven. Lenardi had eight SEC teams in the men's NCAA tournament with Mississippi State as the first team out. Now, the we're thing back, that we're, baby. The thing that was really encouraged about the game, um, Darius Days, who 
you know, pulled his yeah. name from the draft, came back. Um, I don't know if you saw his line, but listen to this. 11 for 13 shooting, 8 yep. of 9 from three-point land for 30 points in just 21 minutes. Yep. He, he was is... two off two off of uh, uh, Chris Jackson. I, I don't remember how you pronounce his, his name now, but two Mahmoud off of – Abdul Raouf. Yes, two off of Chris Jackson's uh, single game record. He, he could have said it if he took him – Took a couple more. Um, it was unbelievable. And, yeah. And also just having some – seeing the kids, I, I, you know, you still don't know how to feel about anyone. I mean, once again, it's a weird – you know, ULM. Uh, there's that. But uh, you have, uh, you know, the new backcourt, you know, Xavier Pinson. You know, he was – you know, he ran things. And that was Streaky. good to see. But, like, a little shaky, but not – you know, he also had 21 minutes, you know, was not a double double, but was close to it. Like, I think there's something there. Um, Efton Reed, a lot of points there yeah. and having a center that, that, that changes how this team looks. And I know basketball has moved away from having a true five, but I like, I, I love guys in the middle. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a Cavell Bigby Williams type of, rim protector and again to your point you know there's not really centers like that anymore they're they're very rare very very valuable if you can get them but those guys don't really exist anymore that's why missing out on Musa Cisse last year hurt LSU so badly um but now you don't have to have like Trenton Watford last season kind of play pretend to be a center he, he's more of a, a, a basket facing forward I think now you have guys kind of playing where they should be instead of having to make do with what they don't have. Yeah. And the knock on the team has always been defense. We'll see what, how that goes that LSU has always been only marginally interested in defense. They, according to the Ken Palm rankings, one of the worst defensive teams in the country past couple of seasons, that's just something that has to change it we don't need LSU to suddenly be, you know, 1980s temple, but yeah, they're, they're not going to turn into Virginia, and but they need to be their... average. Yeah. If they get to be average, well, obviously they don't even need to be average to make the tournament, but if they want to make a run in a tournament, they need to get up to average on defense. Yeah. And and they were an average defense the year they made the sweet, sweet 16, not great, but good enough. And that, that's, that was always last season's teams heel and the year before had there been a tournament you think okay yeah they can make it maybe they win a game but they're not second weekend good because they can't get that stop they can't get that rebound that's why having guys like uh Afton Reed and uh Terry Eason another yeah, Terry Eason, uh, impact huge uh game, 10 rebounds that's what you want out of them from a you know yeah. a nice transfer came out of Cincinnati speaking of guys who play defense yeah and uh you know I, I I didn't like that his first two shots because he's 6'10 or 6'11. Didn't like that his first two shots were corner threes. But, you know, playing close to the basket, and and this is what you get. The 10 rebounds, I'm looking at it now, 11 points, 10 yeah, rebounds, 6 defensive, 4 offensive. Yeah, he's he is that guy. Because if Eason can be what we hope he can be, Reed doesn't have to be. Yeah. Reed can be an offensive player, so he doesn't have to exert all of his – energy on the defensive end so and hopefully that's a good compliment between the two players but and it's early it's exciting uh, I, I like this team it's really young also they packed like ten thousand people into the pmac last night um yeah just awesome like 
let's march with General Wade. Let's, you know, let's. Do you have any, does anyone have any thoughts on the women's game? I, I didn't see a second of it. It was an 11 a.m. Either. game. Um, I'll be honest. I did not see the, I did not see the women's game. It's so. funny. I sort of watched like the first 10 minutes of it. Did you? Okay. Give us, yeah, give no, us a little like, breakdown. I don't even, I don't even like LSU basketball that much because, you know, I'm a UConn basketball fan. Uh, also, I don't really know anything about basketball. So, you know, like they were good. The other team wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and we need to go get football Kimball, which is Lincoln Riley. Yeah. God, that's the, the big rumor right now is Lincoln Riley. So, Well, yeah, there were there was a plane that went from the state of Oklahoma to the state of Louisiana. So Obviously, that never happens. <laughs> yeah, that never happens during the rest of the year. And, and look, this is an exciting time. Like, uh, soccer uh, scored a big upset late in the year. They got an NCAA tournament bid after looking like they had kind of played their way out of the field. Um, so that's a good accomplishment for that team. Um, I don't expect them to do too much in the tournament, but – you know, maybe get a win or two. Hey, one. You know, it's one of those things. Just all you need is uh, survive in advance. Have a hot game. You got a really good goalie. LSU has a puncher's chance to make the Sweet Sixteen in, in the in soccer. And yeah, the other big thing going on the baseball class. And LSU has signed the number one recruiting class in the country. And how many of those guys are going to make it to campus? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> don't worry about that just look at that you see that number one that's you lsu you did that shit um just this is from the lsu news report on it the class features 11 top 100 players in the perfect game overall national rankings that is wonderful but if you have 11 guys in the top 100 um that's a lot of guys who are thinking about uh getting drafted and going to the pros why does anybody ever like when in even slight doubt go to college like, what do you do? Uh, well, I mean, because I guess it's more fun than playing in the minors, but, like, you're going to have to play in the minors anyway. Well, now, I think the thing is, is there's now an NIL. The NIL, you might be able to make more money than you could if you well, go. Because the minor leagues, you don't get paid any. It's the signing bonus and then nothing. So with, you think of these big yeah. signing bonuses. The only one who get that are first-rounders. With maybe, NIL, maybe, then I would wonder why anyone goes. If, yeah, if you can get enough money. Yeah, you, you it could be theoretically possible. We have to see how it shakes out because obviously we don't know yet. But it could be theoretically possible for someone at a big-time program like LSU or Vanderbilt, South Carolina, you know, one of those programs that just has a huge following. You you could make more money playing college ball than you could if you were drafted like third rounder later once you start thinking about signing bonuses. First rounders, clearly you go. It, yeah. You're going to get paid, you know, millions of dollars. You know, do not <laughs> pass go, collect two hundred dollars, get the heck out of here, Godspeed. But it starts to become more of a difficult financial decision now because all you get is the bonus money, and with the cap on bonuses in Major League Baseball, I don't know what it is now, but it's there's not a huge amount of money to throw around after the first round or two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. So go to college, play baseball. All those players are definitely going to go to LSU. Every single one of them. All of them. them. You're going to play all 11 guys at the same time, too. That's how good this class is. What struck me, and I don't know if this is true. I think Manieri's first class was a number one rated class. 
I think that's the one that formed the foundation of the team that won the national title. So it's kind of, I don't want to say history repeating itself, but it does show that you get here, there's new excitement. Johnson's really been selling himself on being able to find hitters. And it's really exciting right now. I, I have to say I am a bit, and again, there's been zero games played, but I, I am a big fan of Jay Johnson's philosophy of, hey, let's just beat the hell out of the baseball and see how that works. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, it, it, we're never going back to gorilla ball. But we're going back to Gorilla Ball a little bit. I mean, it is the best. It sort of is the most reliable way to uh, to win. And, and also, we play in a pretty small park. Alex Box is not big. So it, it might hurt you once you get to the postseason, particularly if you get to Omaha, because TD Ameritrade is where baseballs go to die. Um, but... Build a team for your park. I mean, there's there's some guy. If you bring in a bunch of mashers, that ball will leave that yard. LSU can can score a bunch of runs, or at least should. And if nothing else, that's that's fun to watch, and it will remind fans of the glory years. I know it's too early to actually have an opinion on Jay Johnson again because there's been zero games played, but. Between the guys he got to come back for another year, Hilliard, Fontenot, Dugas, guys like that, and signing again, I know we joked about, yeah, he signed a number one class, but how many actually come? But yeah, it's exciting. Number one class, you got that. That's that's your class. You signed it. I, I mean, it seems like Woodward really has nailed this hire, especially considering Johnson. I, I didn't even know who Jay Johnson was prior to him being named coach. I'm with you. He was totally off my radar. I barely knew who he was. And from the moment he was floated as a candidate and I started reading about him to the moment he, you know, he, since he's gotten hired and then everything that's happened out there, I have, he has not made a wrong step yet. He, I mean, and honestly, it's easier not to make a wrong step if you haven't played any games. Eventually they're going to lose a ball game. Uh, but Especially a midweek game. Oh my God. If he loses a midweek game, we're going to have to fire him on the spot. <laughs> But yeah, he, the energy he has brought to this program, it, it, it's palpable. I, I haven't been this excited about an LSU baseball season in a while. And I don't want to say that as a knock on the Neri because I really like Paul. But he, he, towards the end, it was definitely you could see that it was ending is the best way to say it. And it always felt his seasons ended as like, how is something going to go wrong? And that's a terrible way to think about it. And it wasn't always his fault. It was just – he was just under a bad sign for the last four or five years of his his tenure. And uh, right now it, it feels like all of the momentum has switched. And this just looks like a – it looks like a top 10 team and a top 10 program and you know, Omaha or bust. Yeah. And, and it needs to be because the rest of the conference isn't slowing down. You know, you still got Arkansas. You still got Miss State. You still got Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, everyone's know, awesome this yeah, is an arms race you got to keep up yeah and i i don't think lsu has lsu has kept up i don't want to make i think the reason that you're not gonna have skip again where you win five national titles is because everyone else has gotten better so yeah lsu isn't quite as good as it was in the 90s but it hasn't been a dramatic fall off in the quality of the program it's that everybody else has stepped up their game 
especially Vanderbilt, paying yeah, all their players. I, we I see you. That is the big – I think if I have any real thing that irritates me, it's that LSU is no longer the top dog in the SEC. It's Vanderbilt, and I want to reclaim that. But to give any area credit, come SEC tournament play, LSU won a lot of SEC tournaments under him. Yeah. Like, whenever, when, you, when we got to Hoover, this team played. So he tended to get the team to peak at the right time, and that's a hard thing to do. So we'll see how Johnson – runs things we haven't seen how a season's going to work but it's been nothing but excitement so far and you know she's coming the same this year i mean kim mulkey is another you know i think it's a different type of hire because she's a huge name but she's also pulling in recruiting class today just pulling in big name after big name yeah, and signed um signed a number 26 25 overall player in in this class um the number one player for next season, I believe, is from uh, from Bozier or Parkway, um, and you can bet your ass Monkey's going to get uh, get that young lady. Yeah, trying um, to get Harris. that. Yeah, Brandon Harris. Yeah, thank you, Max. <laughs> so yeah, so LSU is Woodward's made some really good coaching hires. So, and you know, he hired Will Wade, and Will Wade has been, yeah, he, he did. I think so. No, think it was, was, it was right before. No, no it's right it was, after. It was You're right. He did not hire Will Wade. He, he's he's after. But uh, Will Wade, you know, as much as he's a villain, he's been great for LSU. So, you know, LSU's been on a run of really good hires recently. So you'd like to see that extend to football. Yeah. See, I'm just sitting. I'm just sitting here like the guy from that meme. It's like, Lord, I've seen what you've done for others, and I want that for me because I don't root for any of these teams except the football team. Yeah, and you, and you need football to come through, and so. We'll bring it back to football just for Max. <laughs> What's the plan to beat Arkansas? And do you know? Do they beat Arkansas? Well, I mean, on offense, like I mean, it depends on what you you know what you do at quarterback. But like you know, they play this defense where you know they really love to rush three, drop eight, and take away like all your passing windows, take away anything deep, play with a lot of cushion, and sort of just make you be patient and find the holes. So um, like a lot of you know, more impatient quarterbacks against those kind of defenses end up throwing a bunch of interceptions because they're throwing to zone defenders. So that's sort of my worry with Nussmeyer in the game. But so like, would you play really Max? Gonna... because what would you play Max in that case? Because well, well, I mean, no, I, I like honestly, if it were me and I were the head coach, I'd say, look, we are keeping your red shirt, um, and we're just gonna, you know, some one of these quarterbacks has to be thrown to the wolves in this really, really terrible system. And I'd rather it be the guy who we don't want to start in the future. Um, but, like, I think you can play him. Um, that said, you might have to deal with, you know, s- some mistakes. But I think the the, pl- the the thing they really need to do is run run the football. Uh, because Arkansas, with their super emptied out boxes, has been a little bit vulnerable to the run. Uh, so you're going to need to get, you know, back into 12 like you did against Florida and just and, and really run it. I think that's going to be the way you the only way I can really see them being efficient on offense and on defense. Uh, a lot of the stuff they did up front to deal with Alabama's zone running game uh, was really effective. Arkansas runs a lot of zone, too, uh, so I would kind of do some of that same stuff. But the eventually you're going to you're going to pay for all the zero blitzing they did against Alabama. Like they, 
and this sort of gets back to what I was saying about Bill O'Brien being a moron. Like, they took one vertical shot in the entire game, pretty much, in, unless I'm remembering incorrectly. Like, one real, real deep bomb, and they scored for, for like, 57 yards. So, like, I don't understand why, when you're getting all that zero blitz, you don't, you know, get into seven or even eight-man protections and just throw into the void against these, you know, third-string corners. Like, with your elite receivers. I don't understand why he didn't do that, like, five times. They probably would have added, like, three more chunks. And and that's the thing. They do that. Like, Arkansas likes to hulk up. They like to throw vertically. uh, And they have possibly the best receiver in the country in Traylon Burks. So as much as I like Dwight McLaughlin, and as admirably as guys like Ray Darius Jones, uh, and Darren Evans played against Alabama, like zero blitzing and you know getting go I, balls thrown against you. I still think you do it because dangerous. in college, just put pressure on. I'm a big fan of you know Nick Saban's old philosophy of just put pressure on the quarterback, and most college quarterbacks will make a bad decision. Um, now there are yeah, some yeah, levels of, there are levels of quarterback where you can't do that too. Um, and that's the truly elite guys. But that's true. That's true. And and KJ Jefferson is not that. But, like, my fear is that uh, Kendall Bryles has a lot of stuff within that system to sort of scheme up easy vertical shots where you don't really have to think. Uh, so they, they may just hulk up in an eight-man protection if they think they're going to get a zero blitz and just throw, like, uh, you know, just, to, like, I don't, you know, send Traylon Burks on a post. I don't know what they'll do with the other guy, but, like, send him on a post and say, all right, KJ, you are – they're going to zero blitz – us and you're going to get to the top of your drop and you're going to let that ball rip and you don't have to think about anything so like i feel like it that would be good practice for them but look i would still do a lot of the same stuff i just think you're going to have to have you know potential answers on the back end for that i'd play you know the same fronts they did against alabama a lot of the same cover three they played against alabama the same soft cover three and i'd just say like all right you know maybe we can simulate some pressure Maybe we can do uh, some stunts and twists and games and all that stuff up front to kind of generate pressure. But, like, we have to be ready to have an answer if they are able to punish us for zero blitzing. I think if they do those things well, they have a legitimate shot to win. Well, this is kind of the season. If you want to go bowling, I think you got to beat Arkansas. Yeah. Because that if you don't, you're going to need to beat A&M. Yeah, they're, I, I, I think there's a better than 50% chance that they score zero points against Texas A&M. Texas A&M right now is fourth in the nation in stop rate. Um, they have a legitimate top five defense in the entire nation. So, like, it's, it's, it is, in my view, the best defense LSU has played all year by kind of a lot. So, beat Arkansas is what you're saying. Yes. Beat Arkansas. And don't lose to ULM because that would be really bad. Yeah, that would be bad as well. But let's not even think about that. Let's think about that. Beat Arkansas. Number one recruiting class. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.